Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Happy Friday. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. And we're going to be talking about what everybody else is talking about. But what everybody else is saying about this subject, I think it's very confusing. Mm. And, of course, we're going to do our best to make it less confusing and explain why it indeed deserves a lot of attention. And that is the issue of inflation. And we all know that the Fed loves inflation even more than they admit. They would never tell us the truth on their whole life depends on it. The whole stock market depends on it. The welfare state depends on inflating the currency, printing the money, and taking government debt and monetizing it. I mean, that's what they live for. But they have some silly notions about uh, economic growth. Uh, some of them still believe the Keynesian myth that uh, economic uh, growth comes when uh, prices are going up. And uh, even if the price is going up means the dollar is being devalued, but, is, but when the prices are going up, the economy is healthy. It's, it's a mistake to think that. Think about Venezuela. <laughs> their prices are going up very well, and their central bank is print, they're printing a lot of money, but they're not having much economic growth. So, so that, that's a bunch of nonsense. But uh, I, I think that most people uh, remember, I'm sure you remember, Chris, listening to this Federal Reserve Board chairman these last several years, maybe four or five years, because they were inflating a whole lot, inflating the currency. And uh, each month when they'd come out there with their report and they say, well, our target is still 2%. We want, they don't say it this way, we want to destroy the value of the dollar at 2% uh, uh, you know, a year. And uh, of course, that would be theft, it would be counterfeit, it would be very evil uh, if a person does that. But the Fed's been talking about it and now uh, they have, their goal has been met. And the whole problem is that some of us had been said that there's going to be a day when they're going to get their 2% and they're not going to be so happy. So we heard of uh, them begging and pleading for 2% inflation, that is destruction of the value of the dollar. And uh, all of a sudden, it's not, it, it passed 2% and we barely noticed. It went from uh, barely paying any attention to 8%. Of course, they say it's about six point and a half, uh, six and a half percent. But there are others like John Williams, the economist, that it's much, much higher. And ask a housewife, ask a person who does the grocery shopping. Prices are going up much, much faster. Ask a person who owns an automobile. You know, I, I bet they've noticed there's been a change. And uh, it reminds me of, uh, of the, uh, in some ways, what was going on in the 70s because of oil embargoes and things and gasoline prices were soaring and, and uh, inflation, inflation, inflation. But uh, as long as they keep thinking that inflation is simply when prices go up, and it's good for the economy, we have a long way to go because uh, they print a lot of money. They inflate the currency when there's a war. And uh, they say, yeah, but a lot of people do well with war conditions. Yeah, yeah the uh, manufacturers of weapons, they do quite well. But the people who have to fight the war and pay for the war, they don't do well. And uh, inevitably, under those conditions, uh, the value of the currency goes down. And that's been going on <laughs> since our revolution. The uh, the continental dollar was destroyed. There was a, they suspended gold in the Civil War, and they had the greenbacks come in. And we've been systematically doing it, uh, you know, especially since 1913. 
So that's the way they live. That's what they do. And they believe. Chris, you, you probably will want to question this, but they actually believe they can do it, you know, which uh, maybe, maybe they fully deceived themselves. Yes, we'll print money at a certain rate. Matter of fact, uh, you know, Yellen just the other day say, don't worry. Uh, with my help and, uh, and the Federal Reserve, we can handle inflation. And when they're talking about inflation, they're talking about the prices going up. And uh, you, the big thing here, and we want to talk a little bit about it today, is I wonder what they have in store for us. What are the traditional methods of containing uh, prices going up and really eating away the standard of living of the average person? Because that becomes not only a political issue, it becomes, uh, you know, a moral issue as well because somebody's stealing from one group and enriching the other group because most of the time there are some people, no matter what the conditions are like, they seem to do quite well. Chris, all up to you now. Tell us what we ought to do. Oh, boy, Dr. Paul. <laughs> I don't know if anybody would want to hear the truth about what needs to be done, so we got to just keep reporting on what is being done. And... Uh, you know, the Fed wanted more inflation, as you pointed out, and boy, we were greeted with all these articles from economists telling us, you know, how they have to get the prices up because it's so bad when, when we could buy things, you know, cheaper. And here we are. They got it. Uh, and isn't it great? You know, I, when I go to the gas station, uh, the only thing that makes me feel better is to see what the guy before me paid. You know, I, I pull up and I see $75 for the person before me. For me, it's 45 I mean, this is tough stuff that people are dishing out just for gasoline to drive. And then that, that doesn't even count the supermarket, how much food is cost. So you have to buy less. Uh, so aren't we lucky that they, they achieve their goals, that we have central planners in the land of the free that can do this for us? The thing is, as Dr. Paul pointed out, this can easily get out of control because the market is always more powerful than all central planners put them together combined throughout all history. And the thing is, never in history has so much money been created so quickly. It has never happened before. So the odds of it getting out of control are not zero. These are uncharted waters we're in. Uh, you know. Inflation got out of control under much less dire conditions in the past. So how long are they going to be able to keep this sinking ship floating? I guess we have no choice but to find out. You know, it's real easy to find a scapegoat. And uh, one scapegoat they're using now, partially correct and partially wrong, and that is it's all Biden's fault. You know, he's in there and he's doing the ABC and causing trouble and messing around with the price of oil and, and gas lines, this sort of thing. So it, it's Biden's fault. It, it's not that simple. He's certainly a contributing factor, believe me, because he believes in all the nonsense uh, plus uh, of what's been going on for decades now, and that is that deficits don't matter and uh, printing money doesn't matter because that just means you pay the bills and they teach us in uh, uh, Austrian, they teach us in Keynesian economics in all our colleges. So it's, it's all uh, Biden's uh, fault. But the whole thing is, is that um, there's a political downside to this. I, I'm impressed that, you know, the uh, liberal media are not totally silent. You know, it, it's, it's not like they, they don't come to a strong a defense of Biden, I imagine I've used a stronger statement. You know, this, you know, this did not all come about by the president. 
You know, this came about because of a, in our last decade, and especially the last five years, which involves, you know, Republican presidents, Democratic presidents, Republican congresses, Democrat congresses, spending way, way too much. And the one reason they don't want to address that is because it's a, it's a moral issue. They admitted it, admitted to what they're doing. They say, holy man, you know what we're doing? We're exactly like counterfeiters. And uh, people don't like counterfeiters. Uh, there's something wrong with that. The closest thing they can come to admitting that is when they talk about a fiat currency. But they also think they can manage a fiat currency. And uh, in some regards, they've been able to get away with a lot more than I thought they could get away with it. Because the dollar has been a total fiat currency, and it's been an interna international reserve currency ever since 1971. And uh, the, it, and they've been able to do it, and there has been some economic growth. Uh, people are doing better in some areas. They have used a lot of the money and resources for war, and people have been enrich enriched. But why the crisis right now? Well, they've run out of steam, and, uh, and right now uh, they're they're up against it and there's there's no easy way to say well we'll have a little recession and the, you know, the economy will slow up a little bit then we can go back to inflating and there'll be a stimulus because right now it doesn't work that way uh, it, it's the fed has lost control in other words they can't manipulate the cycle and slow it up and speed it up because it's uh it's just going to be slowing up from the conditions that we have because the real culprit is excessive spending and the dependency on the Federal Reserve to monetize this debt. They buy $120 billion of uh, securities, government and mortgage-backed securities, a month. You know, and uh, that that's a lot of money. That's a lot. And, and you should call that inflation. And now they're laying plans to slow that down a little bit. But I tell you what, it's, that's not going to work. They've tried it a couple years ago and it led to sharply decreasing prices and stocks. And the whole purpose of the Fed, 90% of all their activity is designed not to protect the average consumer. It's designed to enhance uh, those individuals who are in charge of the stock market and expected to make a lot of money. And then there's a lot of desire of serving the uh, politicians who uh, most of the time, specifically more the ones in charge. But the politicians need the Fed too because they don't want to be talk to, talking about the counterfeiters uh, doing this very, very immoral act of theft. Uh, so they, they, uh, they, keep, they keep doing this and they've been getting away with it, but it's coming to an end and that's why I think we're thinking about it. But Chris, what I think is happening now is what we've j just talked about uh, we've, we've talked more about the, the, uh, the, the thing that's been going on for a good while. Too much government, too much printing of money, too much manipulation of money and credit, manipulation of interest rates. But what happened two years ago? That's the big one. That, uh, and I think it was not uh, just a, uh, an act of God that all of a sudden we had a COVID crisis. I think uh, there was other mischief involved in this. And all of a sudden, and it is going on, so be, because of all the unnecessary things down and all the deception that has gone on with uh, the, the uh, reason why governments have to be involved in solving the problem of COVID and having lockdowns and mandates and all this, when they loaded that on, 
uh, this has really caused a, even more distortion. At one place we see people, uh, you know, a lot of jobs are available and they can go out, but now there's shortage of jobs here. This is rather typical when it falls apart. Uh, the, the, the smooth operation of the economy falls apart and governments can't run an economy smoothly. And when I think of all those ships sitting out in the Pacific Ocean, I think, that is one clear-cut example of what a free market economy does not do. You know, all of a sudden, oh, the ships have closed down. So there's all kinds of explanations, uh, you know, for that. But uh, I think we're in a different era. We have the uh, unbelievably spending and borrowing, and which is going on, and they cannot resist. And now we have on top of this uh, the the you know the uh, obsession with uh, sticking with the control of the people. And right now, this whole mess with COVID, I think the most motivating factor there uh, has been uh, to, to get a, uh, a vaccine passport. And you can read about that every day, and most of the people are going along with it, even though the resistance is building, and we compliment them. And that is that uh, people are sick and tired of it, but there's still a lot of people going out by the millions. They say, well, you know, this is it. We have to have our passport, or we can't go to see the ball games and, and do these things. But they still have plans to use the vaccination of, a, of a, you know, the use of a vaccine to be the litmus test of your movements. I mean, it's still in the papers uh, and, and described that that's their goal. But the one thing they, hey, they don't want to admit is it's uh, also a lot of signs of its failure. So it's up for grabs. And that's why information by, by the average person to understand this might motivate them to get involved. Chris. Yes, Dr. Paul, and government is giving everyone in the world, uh, you know, it's, it's showing everyone on why it cannot have these types of powers. Just this morning, I saw a headline that there was a record in one month, four point, I think it was four million Americans quit their jobs. I mean, who else but government could ever create such a disaster that would that could never happen on the free market and no other institution could ever uh make four million people all quit at the same time in one month uh you know we're talking about biden taking a lot of the heat for the inflation and he should but he should he's not the only one and you know i got a chuckle when i saw one of his tweets he said uh, today's report shows an increase over the last month of inflation reversing this trend is a top priority <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. There is no way he's reversing anything. He is spending feverishly, going into debt feverishly. We just saw another $1.7 trillion going down the drain on so-called infrastructure. And we all know, uh, you know, very little has to do with infrastructure. He's not reversing anything, but only adding fuel to the fire. Now, I also saw a headline that the Republicans may want to use this inflation, you know, against Biden to get reelected. <laughs> But let us not forget that the Republicans had the House, the Senate, and Trump, and they themselves were go doing record spending and record debt. Just look into the archives of the Ron Paul Liberty Report. We were doing shows showing how ridiculous the spending was under Trump uh, in administration. It was terrible. And that's how it always is, you know, uh, when, when in power, Republicans are just as bad as Democrats on spending and debt, and oftentimes even worse. So don't expect an ounce of truth from Washington, the media, 
to explain to you about inflation and what the what the issue is, who's who's at fault. There's one to keep in mind, and that's what we drill every week. It's the Federal Reserve. The politicians could not do what they do without the Fed there creating money out of thin air to finance them. So always keep your eye on the ball. It's always the Fed. Very good. You know, uh, I have mentioned a special day in monetary history many, many times because it was uh, a motivation for me to speak out. And I chose to speak out in a political sense, not to get a political career as much as to speak out about the danger I saw coming. And that was uh, August 15th of 1971. During the 60s, I came across the uh, Austrian School of Economics and uh, it fascinated me. And there were a lot of predictions that the Bretton Woods, the pseudo gold standard, uh, would, would collapse and uh, would have a lot of problems, a lot more inflation, and uh, conditions would be such. It was a big issue. So on August 15th, 1971, on a Sunday evening, Nixon has this emergency speech and says, uh, and his program is, well, we have a lot of trouble. We have prices going up. We're going to put on wage and price controls. What we're going to do is put on tariffs uh, on all goods coming coming in. We're, what we have to do is put on price controls, wage and, and price controls, and uh, on and on. All this intervention because there was inflation going on, and it was probably, you know, three, four, five percent. It wasn't gigantic. But he made this announcement, and it was a big deal. The next day, I was at a, uh, a Chamber of Commerce meeting at a small committee that dealt with economic issues. And uh, it, we talked about this issue. And the uh, uh, national uh, uh, organization of, the, uh, 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 of their organization came out with a position, yes, they support Nixon. <laughs> all of these were the, biz, the, the business, the Chamber of Commerce was strongly endorsing all of this. And I thought, wow, what's going on here? <laughs> you know, I, it just blew my mind. So I just thought, wow. So well, a couple weeks later, <laughs> and this was the, probably the first time I got in directly into politics, uh, I heard the Congress, our local congressman was coming and meeting with the Chamber of Commerce. So it was a small group and it was very quiet and they asked questions and you know, you, you can imagine how dull it was. So uh, I got a chance to ask, ask a question. I said, you know, there's a lot of concern now about inflation and we have this, uh, Nixon's concerned about it. I said, um, I said, what causes inflation? And uh, he, he uh, had the answer, the Keynesian answer. He says, it's called cost push inflation. When cost goes up, it has to be passed along to the other people. And he says sometimes inflation starts by demand. There's higher demand for things, and that means that people have to, uh, you, you know, produce more products and prices go up. It was just sort of a, a Mickey Mouse way in, of, of uh, saying why prices are, are manipulated and how they affect prices. And, you know, just recently, uh, I thought, well, I wonder what the dictionary says about inflation. And that's the definition that's still on the books. Well, you have the cost push inflation and you have the demand push inflation. They never once mentioned the money supply. They never once mentioned the Federal Reserve and none of this. So what does this invite? It invites more controls. So that's why wage and price controls uh, 
you know, are significant. They're already whispering about wage and price controls for us. And in many ways, there are price controls on a lot of things. There's price controls in medicine, different places. So they're there, and indirectly and directly, they have a lot of controls, but they all get a lot worse. Just think of the controls and the mandates they've put on because of coronavirus. Uh, so they're, they're not going to hesitate. They haven't given up on this, but people ought to know that that is not a good reason to go along, to get along, and say, well, they know what's best. They'll take care of it. They, somebody has to take care of it, and they're in office, so we better go along with it. And, and they were very complacent with Nixon, uh, but that decade was horrible, and they had to give up on, on the whole thing because it wasn't working. The policy isn't working right now, and the policy that they're planning, more intervention, and ignoring the real source uh, the Federal Reserve. And the other thing is, is, you know, we know the Federal Reserve monetizes and, and you know, they do the, the creation of new money, but it's, it's the Congress that prints the money. And this is a form of taxation. This is why it's so immoral, because it's so deceitful. Because if they can steal wealth from you, they can, you know, Increase the money supply. If you double the in money supply, it doesn't that cut your your the value of your dollar uh, down significantly, maybe one half. So they've taxed you without even touching you, and people can turn their hostility uh, to to something else. And it'll be the businessman, it'll be labor unions, it'll be all kinds of reasons that these prices are going up. And <clears throat> that is, to me, the most important thing is that people understand the basic concept of what political motivation is for the deficits and who takes care of the deficits and uh, realize that that whole process means they do it at the expense of our personal liberties. Chris. Excellent job, Dr. Paul. I will finish up trying again to end on a positive note. Uh, you know, we all week we point out the challenges and boy, are there challenges that we're all facing. Uh, if the vaccine mandates aren't enough, add inflation on top of it. I mean, it's terrible. But in the end, you know, planning, this central planning of the world by bankers or politicians or technocrats or tech, whoever, it's impossible. They cannot possibly know or anticipate every change that happens. It's impossible. And I'm going to use a silly example to show uh, how they can't plan everything. Think of this slogan that's been going around, uh, let's go Brandon. It swept the country fast. Stadiums, football stadiums are saying. Uh, it, it's even around the world. You know, I'll see video clips from foreign countries and they have big posters that say, let's go Brandon on. That's, it was unplanned. It's unpredictable and it was unstoppable. So when the time comes, and we don't know when that time comes, that is how liberty will win. Because, uh, you know, it's, w there's no central plan for it. We can't say, okay, well, this is gonna happen, this is gonna happen. That's what the central planners do. They tell us, they say, okay, we're gonna do this to you, and then we're gonna do this, and you're gonna have a passport, and you're gonna have shots and boosters, and then we're gonna check you. That's how they operate. We do not operate that way. We know that liberty will win, and when it takes hold, kind of like that let's go Brandon, it, it spreads like wildfire. Uh, Washington said that when liberty takes root, it is a plant of rapid growth. So, you know, we have to keep our heads up. Freedom will prevail, and freedom is a lot more powerful than a silly slogan like, let's go, Brandon. But until that time comes, whenever it comes, we have to hang tough, do our small part, make our own small contributions the way we can to help liberty unfold. Very, very good, Chris. And uh, 
I think what we're talking about here now is the confirmation of another issue that we talk about and that ideas have consequences, uh, both good and bad, because uh, there are ideologues uh, behind uh, social, you know, all kinds of Marxism, uh, cultural Marxism especially, that's come out of our universities. So the ideas do have consequences and they have influenced others. It doesn't mean the fact that we're doing this wokeism and all this nonsense going on, doesn't mean all these people endorse it. It just that means that the ideological people got into the position where they could, you know, into the schools and into the media and into running certain, uh, uh, you know, industries. So, yes, the ideology has gotten in there and they have a lot of clout, even though uh, the people that we're referring to now, the ones that are saying, hey, I never really thought of this. I guess I better go to the PTA meeting. And I didn't know that they could possibly be teaching this stuff in the government's schools because the government's supposed to help our kids so uh, all of a sudden so the ideas are are crucial right now this the suffering we have today are the suffering from the ideas of bad economic uh, ideas and and bad political ideas bad foreign policy ideas uh, at the same time uh, what Chris is talking about is we we're seeing some good things happening and that's a consequence of it I just think that uh, you, you know and you have to have people willing to stand up I think it's marvelous when you see a town hall meeting with a PTA there was one episode where the people showed up but there was one spokesperson there were more but a one was very very precise and she talked about it and all of a sudden I think that was the one where the the whole school board had to resign on the spot because but she had all the information down the ideas of liberty and how this the current ideas were hurting the kids and hurting the economy that people can find it so we can't use force to get rid of these people who are insanely hurting us but we have to confront them we have to confront them confront them with ideas ideological battle that is on and yet i think that's an easy argument i've always wondered why we don't do better when we talk about personal liberty, the moral defense of liberty, the, the right to your own life, the right to keep the earnings that you have, and on and on, and restrain the government, stay out of wars without declaration. Everything there seems so wonderful. And uh, one thing I knew, found out that the co- a lot of the college kids were strongly supportive of, of these, these ideas. So, no, the ideas are there now, the, and they're becoming more alive, and just like uh, the, the whole chant about Brandon. This is, this is the way it works, but you've got to plant the seeds, and I think that is our job, and I think everybody that watches this program must have the same interest at heart as well. I do want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.